look with your eyes. You look so good. You look so good. Man. Man. You good? All right, let's do this. <laughs> be regular. I am being regular. I'm super professional. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Handcrafted. Um, this is our season finale and a very, very special episode that we have for you guys. Um, as Handcrafted is built through our first season, I've been interviewing executives, creators, um, and business people, just more about how they've built their craft, more or less, but then even more so than that, just how they've come to become who they are as people. And, um, you know, the purpose behind that is to really just get deeper into the person. And it leads us into, you know, profession, family life. And, you know, that's kind of the approach that I wanted to take with Handcrafted as far as like getting really into people's stories. We're not here to to learn how cool people are, but we're here to, you know, get inspirational and um, informational conversation. So um, with that said, you guys have probably heard me do dozens of interviews, um, but this one is extra special because I will not be the interviewer for this. I will be the interviewee, and I will tell my story in a way that I've never told it before, and there's only one person that, one, is able to get that type of information out of me on a regular basis, and one person who can provoke, um, you know, a a, a certain level of of thoughtfulness out of me, and that person is my partner, the lovely, lovely Miss Chantel. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Are you nervous? I'm in the same home that we're in every day, so I feel kind of comfortable. Okay. You feeling like something? <laughs> I am. You're looking, looking like something. I was just about to ask You're that. You're definitely looking like something, always. I don't like how I'm holding this mic. You'll get used to it. It feels uncomfortable. How yeah. do I look, LaShawn? <laughs> <laughs> the hostess with the mostest. Yes. So we're going we're gonna to travel through, um, through my story in the handcrafted way. Um, and yeah, I'm going to take off my interviewer hat. Mm-hmm. I'm going to even adjust my pose so I can be the interviewee okay. and take in questions and conversation from you. It's your show. Shan Crafted. Right. Yeah, Shan Crafted, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting here with Cameron, a.k.a. Coolest Kid Out. Yes. Um, it's a pleasure to be able to be in this seat because I've heard those dozens of interviews and I always complain to you about them since I met you. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like you've always been asked about your party. Mm -hmm. And one thing I've always stressed to you since I met you is that you're you anyways. Mm -hmm. Strip all that stuff away. Mm -hmm. Um, You're you. And I always wished other people would ask deeper questions. I understand how captivating that thing you did was, which Mm -hmm. we're going to get into. Mm -hmm. But there's so much more to you. Mm -hmm. And I love that you created this platform to give other people the opportunity to sit here mm-hmm. and just reveal to themselves that they're them underneath everything, and that's what makes them special. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start where you like to start. Yeah. And I always say if you want to make something deep, you dig. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> you always like to start at seven, and you say because the age is the age you start remembering things. Yeah. But in the Bible, the number seven is the, several, um, the number for completion. Mm-hmm. 
So I like that you chose that number. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious to know what seven look like for you. Like you ask your guests, what's your friend group look like? What mm-hmm. are you interested in? What does your home look like? Mm-hmm. And all of that good stuff. Yeah, so seven-year-old Cam, uh, the year is... 1992. Uh, I was born in 92, y'all. Yeah, uh, which is crazy. Um, we, we're still within our, our, our right to date, so that God bless us for that. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm seven years old. I am the youngest of, of three children uh, born to Benjamin and Veronica McCullough, my parents. Uh, my two older sisters, and my oldest sister is Corey. My, my middle sister is Kristen. And we're in a decent-sized home um, in, uh, in Buffalo, New York. And we're... Seven-year-old me is... is I'm kind of a, a hodgepodge of just... Of, of everything. So, like, yeah, I think 1992, um, hip-hop is exploding um, and, and expanding. Hip-hop is becoming, is becoming pop music. Um, you know, sports. Michael Jordan is is at the height of his at, of his power. Um, television wise, you you've got you've got BET, you've got EOMTV raps, you got The Simpsons. Um, you know, all this all these things that become legendary and, and historic were kind of happening at the beginning of the '90s. So um, my 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 world was very much a little bit of everything. Um, you know, my family traveled a lot. Um, we were we were brought up in the church. We were brought up in a Baptist church. Uh, my father's a minister, um, and my mother was a was a deaconess uh, of the church. So, church every Sunday, um, which was like very annoying to me, um, and not even the the church part, but having to wake up early on a Sunday, put on you know a full a full suit, and um, dress dress like my dad normally. And, and yeah, fly Look, looked great, but it was just, it was tedious to get on. And like, we would go to church every Sunday. Um, I was heavy into sports um, from probably the age of five um, was when I when I started uh, being heavy into sports, football and basketball mainly. Um, I gravitated towards uh, towards football just because I, I wasn't really that good in basketball, but. Um, but yeah, that was that was my life. My friend group um, was a mix of, of kids from from school, and also um, kids from church. So like, uh, I had my best friends um, coming up were, were my friend Jason. Um, names were Jason and Aaron, and um, and Jonathan, and then uh, Jerome and Larry were my were my school friends. So um, you know, I always kind of just had had different had different friend groups. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was, I was, I'm not ashamed to say it now, I was easily influenced by my, by my friend group. And, um, you know, so like we all would hang together, joke, um, you know, talk, talk back to teachers, like get in trouble and things of that nature. So I was in, I was in second grade at that time. So like in school, um, I, I was, um, I was labeled gifted at a very early age, um, probably in kindergarten where like. They would tell my parents, you know, your your son's a really a really smart boy, and um, you know, so that that was like a, a good thing in in some instances, but then that also made me a target in other instances with some teachers, and they kind of wanted just to debunk the myth that there was this 
um, intelligent young black boy who was who was questioning authority at, at the age of seven. Um, but that's that was breeded from my household. I was I was encouraged by my mother, who was an electrical engineer, um, a black woman with a master's, who was the first of her family to graduate college. And so, like, I was encouraged to to question everything and like don't like I, it was never I was never told as a reason to do something in my house. Like, I was never told because I told you so. Mm-hmm. You know, I was always given an explanation or I was encouraged to ask for an explanation to do things. So, um, yeah, I was just, I was taking everything in. I was questioning everything. I was I was curious about everything. Like, my mother loves to tell the story about me being a little kid in the barbershop and just, like, reading the newspaper. Like, I was a grown man and just trying to, you know, you know, trying to, trying to be a man. And, um, and you know, that was something... Yeah, even from an early age that my father encouraged. Um, you know, he would joke. Um, my, my father worked many jobs. Sometimes he would he would work um, two shifts two shifts in a day. He would work overnight shifts, and he would always do this cool little thing where he would tell me, you know, when he leaves the house, I'm the man of the house. And you know, that was like while it wasn't true, you know, it, it still it made me feel feel like something and like feel a responsibility, um, not just towards my my household but towards my family, you know, and 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 being almost to my sisters like a, a a big little brother, you know. So that that was that was me at seven. So you said you have your two sisters, and yeah. you let us know about your friend groups. So what about hanging out with them? Did you have friends that you got from them that you hang around? Were they the sisters that was like, "Come on, little bro, like hang with us"? Yes and no. <laughs> yes and no. Um, I was very conscious of. Like just my my place in my sister's lives. Um, so to give you more context, like my oldest sister is five years older than me, and my middle sister is three years older than me. And so while it's it's cool to to have your little brother around for certain things, like we all like ran track together, like we played sports together. It's cool to have me around for that. Um, maybe you know, like we would go we would go see to to see my my aunt and my uncle and all my cousins, and then like it was cool to have me there. But they didn't really want me around for like when they just wanted to be young women and like go and like hang out with their friends and and do whatever it was that that that, that they wanted to do. That really wasn't a time to have Cam around, and um, I I actually appreciated them for that because what that allowed for me to do was to kind of just discover the world on my own and like you know find find and, and make friends and 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 even when i was just by myself and to myself i was i was exploring via books via magazines and so i i i was still experiencing the world just through through different lenses you know whether it be me me outside on my block like playing with playing with kids or um you know being in the house with my mom watching madlock or perry mason and like so i got i i had i felt like i spent i spent the amount of time that i should with them and I wasn't short on them looking out for me at all. So like when they would look like my, especially my older sister, Corey, like I tell this story all the time about her and she's probably going to hate this. But, um, you know, growing up, I didn't have an older brother. Mm-hmm. Like I had older, I had older male cousins and, um, and you know, guys from my, guys from my hood who, who would look out for me. But the first, my first protector was my oldest sister. And by protector, I mean like Corey, would Corey would put her hands on somebody for me, and you know that, that's rare because it's like you you don't want you also like as a kid you don't want your sister fighting for you, mm-hmm. but but Corey Corey was one of them ones, so 
Um, you know, and that was that was something that was just so special to me that like my sister at the drop of a dime, like even at the, the slightest hint of of disrespect or the slightest hint of somebody bothering her little brother, like I can always say from from my parents to, to my sisters to to my cousins, like nobody plays about me when it comes to Cam. Like nobody plays about me in, in that regard. Like they're not gonna allow somebody to disrespect me in front of them. Um which helped me with my attitude towards myself as well. So I I, I was a bit of a um of a of a hothead growing up as well. But um I didn't get into I didn't get into a crazy amount of fights when I was younger just because like, I had a crazy like talk game. Mm-hmm. Like I was I was able to and I got I looked serious, you know, and I, I wasn't a small kid. Mm-hmm. Um I wasn't huge, but I wasn't a small kid and like and people just knew my family. So they knew that we wasn't we wasn't to play with like that. So so you talk about being labeled as gifted. Mm-hmm. You're into your football, mm-hmm. and you have a strong support system in your entire family. Mm-hmm. So how does that help you in traveling on to middle and high school? So um, it really helped me um, as I as I started to experience. Excuse me, as I started to have my first experiences with like rejection and with. Um, with discipline. So like in, in school, um, I was in a, I was in, um, I was in a public middle school. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was always getting in trouble for, for some things I should have gotten in trouble for, but then a lot of it was just kind of them singling me out. And, um, I remember like I was, I was in the fourth or the fifth grade. I was in fourth grade still. And I was like getting suspended for silly stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, not standing up to say the pledge allegiance to the flag, like which was just like so crazy to me because like even at that very young age, again being being taught to to question everything, like, I was like, why do we stand for this? Like, like I'm I, I know I and I you know I was also I was also pretty well versed in my black history at the time, so I'm just like I don't understand why we need to stand for this song. Like I'll sing it. Like I have no problem singing the anthem. Like I'm not sitting there silent or digging. Well, like I don't understand why we stand for this every single day, and. My uh, my teacher at the time, Mr. Salvo, who was an, an Italian American, um, he was pissed. So he sent me to the assistant principal's office, who just happened to be his brother. And um, he was like, "Yeah, you know, we got to suspend you." And, uh, and like, the only thing that bothered me about that is that my parents had to take time out of their day to to come get me mm-hmm. from school. And so that's usually why they were pissed. <laughs> so. Um, but you know, like I, I appreciate it even because you know I, I did I did get disciplined um, growing up, and even within that, there was always um, there was always a message with it, and like I didn't get I didn't you know get get disciplined just to get disciplined. Like my mother would always explain consequences to me, and so I understood I understood like if you did something, there were consequences. I understood that at a very young age. Um, but anyway, so. Um, but I was always supported. I never felt unloved. I never felt like I didn't have my, my family's full support and something that upset me at the time, but ultimately was for my, for my best that my mother did was she took me out of the school before they, before they expelled me. Um, which sounds crazy that they would expel a a 10 year old kid, but she's still gifted at this time. Yeah. But, but I was still, but then that was the thing. Like I was a kid, I was getting suspended and I had like a 98 average, mm-hmm. which was like the great. So I would get like the, the high achievement awards and, and like I literally wasn't getting perfect attendance awards because I was suspended. 
which was insane. Um, which yeah, the school system is is another 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 beast. But um, so yeah, so I got my mother took me out, and she put me into a smaller uh, Christian school. Um, so this is I, my, I'm in fifth grade. She puts me in a smaller Christian school, and it's like a total culture shock. I go from a huge a huge school with um, with probably like forty classmates um, in each class to ten people in my class, and. I was pissed. I had to wear a uniform. I um like I, I posted the picture a couple of times on, on my social media of me and like the bow tie and the cardigan oh, sweater. Okay. Yeah, so I, I I ended up at this at this Christian school, and um I hated it. I hated it. Um, and I just I didn't feel like I didn't feel like academically stimulated. Like there were no sports. Mm-hmm. Um, there there wasn't even like you know a basketball team or there wasn't even a gym at the school. So like I was. I was livid, but within my first three weeks there, the the teacher, Miss Kelly, Denise Kelly, um, she she was like, um, I remember I was getting ready to leave school. She was like, I need to talk to your mother, and I'm like, what? Like, like what? I, like, what? I, I you know I got PTSD. Like, come on. But then like she she's talking to my mom, and she's like, I don't know how comfortable you are with um with this but Cameron doesn't belong in the fifth grade and I'm like is she trying to like hold me back and send me back and she's like he's his she's like his intelligence right now is actually on an eighth grade level and (laughs) and my mother my I do because like because there's some there's people who who don't know this about me and I, I I was I was one of those kids so like my mother um, was hesitant to 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 even let me skip one grade, but she's definitely like I'm never I'm not skipping him you know two three yeah. grades because then kind of she she was very aware of like social social yeah. like things and she didn't want me to be that immature socially and that behind where like I'm going you know what I'm saying I'm going to class with people three four years older than me mm-hmm. so um, you know just even her having that to say oh no like we'll, we'll reward him for for his gifts and let him skip one grade so I I, I spent I spent two and a half weeks, three weeks in fifth grade, and then I went right to sixth grade. And, um, you know, I did my time. I did my time at the Christian school. I'm saying it like it's a bid. <laughs> but, um, but no, I, 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 did, I did what I had to do at the, at the Christian school, graduated. And um, when it was time for high school, I refused to go to a, to go to a private school. I was like, I want to go, one, I want to reconnect with my friends. <laughs> like, I want to I be in a place where I can grow. You know, not only not only from an academic and athletic standpoint, but from a social standpoint. Because at this point, like, it's not hard to be, like, the cool kid in a class of seven people. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, I want to just go out and just be around more people. And, like, you could be you, cool around 30 kids instead. Yeah, like, you, I, wanted to be, I wanted to be the, the, the cool fish in a, in a bigger pond. But no, uh, but it was, it was just for me, it was like I wanted to experience high school the way all kids want to experience high school. Mm-hmm. So, you know, during high school, um, high school was actually the first time I really struggled with, with academics. Um, and that was due to me not studying and just me not me not taking it seriously. Like, again, consequences for your actions. So, like, I remember uh, getting one of my, my first couple of uh, report cards, and um, some of the kids that uh, some of the kids that I was that I, I came in with one one dude, this dude this Asian cat named Joe um, love Joe Joe like we're 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 on our way home. 
And Joe's like, man, I got to get home before my parents so I could intercept my report card and like, I, could change, I could change it on the computer. And I'm like, huh? I was like, you have to do that? And he's like, yeah, bro. He's like, I can't. He's like, I, I live in an Asian household. I can't walk in with 75s and 77s. I'm like, you got a 75? And like, the average, because in my head, I'm still thinking I'm, you know, doing these great things. And like, I, I did good with like testing stuff, mm-hmm. but I wasn't doing no homework. I wasn't doing no assignments. So then I got home and I remember my first, my, it probably was even my, it had to be my first report card. Mm-hmm. My average was like a 72. And, that was unheard of um, for me. And like I just remember the shock on my parents' face, and like a, a, a whole sit down, like like mm-hmm. super serious, like yo, what is going on? And I'm like, I, I'm doing it, and then but then you know you start to have parent teacher conferences and all that, and they're like, yeah, he's he's not doing any work, like he's showing up and doing tests and doing that, but like he rather sit here, socialize, joke, like the same I was doing where when I was doing it like middle school. Mm-hmm. But it like I it didn't matter as mm-hmm. much. Whereas like, you know, I'm in a specialty I'm in a specialty high school, like studying to be an engineer. And it it just wasn't it they wasn't going for that. So um, you know, I had I had a long and, and serious talk with my parents and you know, I was blown, obviously, but because um, then I, I got like privileges revoked, like no internet. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a time, kids, when you when you had to go on one computer to get on the internet, so you had designated time to get on the yeah. internet. And I was re- like AOL, and I was like, and I was and I was an internet junkie, like I was on, I was on everything. So then, um, mainly like sneaker forums and stuff, but I was on all that stuff back way back when. And my mother was like, no internet, and. No TV, you know, like you're going to you're going to study, you're going to do your work, mm. and and that's that. And so, you know, I resented them for that, um, but it really, it really like quote unquote sobered me up mm-hmm. and got me got me serious into my academics to where, even when I got serious, um, some of the stuff was still difficult. Like I really struggled with like science, but math. Like math was like second nature to me. Like I could, I, I, I went through everything: algebra, um, geometry, trigonometry. I did all that, and like I always had like high, high scores in math. But a lot of the other stuff I struggled with was started to show me just like how, kind of how big the world is in a sense. Because it's like you can be really good at one thing, but that doesn't mean you're automatically good at the next thing. And one thing about me, um, <laughs> which you know, and yeah. and most people about me know, is like. <laughs> Because of those labels as like gifted and like as 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 a as a student, and then like even and even at athletics like football, I was great. Mm-hmm. I, I was an, I was an excellent football player, but like if there were things that I wasn't good at, I I'm not gonna apply myself <laughs> into it, and I'm gonna get I'm gonna get very frustrated, and I'm gonna shut down. So high school was a really it was really. A, a struggle in that sense for me, but I, I did what I needed to do, um, not only to graduate, but to to be able to go to college. And um, you know, my high school experience, like you know, high school is where a lot of people like kind of find themselves. And like as I look back on my high school career now, it is very, very, um, very sibling of my life, mm-hmm. and and even like me today. Whereas like I had, like I didn't really have a crew. In, in high school, like I was, I was kind of cool with everybody, and like I, you know, I had, I had, I had the guys I ate, I ate lunch with. I had guys from my football team that I would, that I would hang with, but 
it was never like a crew of people. Like I didn't like there wasn't a, a, a set a set group of people that I would hang with, and and you know even like down to the, like the authority piece, all of my teachers hated me mm-hmm. in in high school. Um, just, why? Why? Just because? Honestly, why? Because because I was I looked like um, I looked like wasted talent to them. Like they they thought I was they they knew I was brilliant, but they just knew. Even when I kind of got my act together, they knew I was doing just what I needed to do to get yeah. through. And I remember, um, I remember I was, I was, I, I needed to. This was when Regents had just became a thing in, in New York, and um, I, I needed to pass physics to to graduate. And I remember uh, this guy's name was like Mr. Boudreau. That was his name, Mr. Boudreau. He was he was a prick, but. Um, <laughs> Forgive my language, but he—that's he, what he was, and he—he he wasn't giving me anything all year. Like I'm trying to like build a rapport with him because like I, I started to realize I have relationships with teachers. They'll be a little more lenient on me. Like they'll they'll let me, you know, kind of just flow. Mm-hmm. Mr. Boudreaux wasn't with none of that. So then like I was struggling um, with, with physics all year, and like I didn't have my grades weren't high enough that I could that I could fail the final exam mm-hmm. and 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 still pass. So there's all this pressure. Um, to 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 pass, um, and he it's like it's like super dramatic the way he like tells me I passed and all this stuff. It's like a movie, <laughs> and I was annoyed. And he was he was so upset because he was like you because when I passed I, I had like I got like an eighty nine mm-hmm. on the on the final exam, and he was like you could have been doing this your entire career here. And I was like, yeah, you know, I was just like, I was like, I, I gave some lame teenage excuse. And he's like, no, Cameron, like you, you scored in like the top five percentile on the SATs. Like for those people who don't know, I got like a 1390 on the SATs. Mm-hmm. So he's like, you scored, like, he's like, you're, you're brilliant, but that won't, he's like, that will never shine fully if you don't apply yourself. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm I'm 16. I'm like, whatever, man. Like, I'm like, I, I'm I'm just relieved. I pass. I can I get to go to college, and and yeah. So, but during that whole time, I just know that was an extremely frustrating time for my for my parents, mm-hmm. um, because my mother, my mother especially, she always knew. She's like, you have the potential to be as 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 great and as as big as you want to be, and as and you can do whatever you want, but you got to want to do it. And and you know, to 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 her credit, um. She kind of just let me figure figure it out. She let me figure my life out, and um, yeah. So you were at this high school specialty, mm-hmm. focused on engineering. Mm-hmm. Were you actually interested in that track? I was. Okay. I was um, because because of my mom. Like okay. my mom was an electrical engineer. Um, I knew how much that paid, mm-hmm. so I was like, you know, um, and you know, my mother my mother's job to me was cool because she was always solving problems. Mm-hmm. And so I, I thought, to, I thought of that to be great. Now I didn't want to be an electrical engineer because I didn't want to get into wiring and like mm-hmm. all of that stuff. So I actually picked up architectural engineering, which in hindsight is 12 times harder. So, um, so yeah, I studied to be an engineer. I took, I took all those classes in, in high school and that was actually my first major in college was mm-hmm. architectural engineering. You're crazy. I'm nuts. <laughs> You're crazy. I'm nuts. 
So you said 16 is when you completed your region. So this you're leaving high school at 16 years old? At 16 old? years old. So this is the this is the summer of 2002. My birthday's in July. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I graduated when I graduated from high school, I was 16 years old. And that following that following August when I went to college, I was 17 years old. Wow. Yeah. So nothing else by this time had piqued your interest. You're going, you said your first major is engineering and you're there. There's nothing else that you're thinking about. Um, from a, from a major like scholastic standpoint, no, I still, I still foolishly thought that I had a, I had an outside chance at like playing football and like playing professionally. So that was, um, that was still like in the back of my mind, but I was at this point just kind of following the path. I'm like, all right, I did this. I'm here. Um, let me, let me see what all this is about from, from the sports in college to, to uh to to architectural engineering. Okay. So now the age old question. Mm-hmm. Where'd you end up going to school? So I ended up at Buffalo State College, um, which was probably my eleventh choice <laughs> of, of school. Number one and two? Uh number one number one was um Florida Florida AM. Florida A and M was number one, and that's how you just know I wasn't a serious kid. Like my everything was everything was like based on sports. Like I wanted to go to like Florida State. I wanted to go to to Florida to Miami. Like these are all schools I applied to, and I was and and I remember like getting accepted to some places. And then um, what's actually interesting, which I didn't say, I, I had an I had a um, an offer to go to a JUCO to play football, um, SUNY Canton. And uh, it's in the middle of in the middle of nowhere, New York, and um, I thought long and hard about it because like sports was really my dream. But I was like, you know, if I go to Canton, um, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be near no one or near anything. I'm gonna be in the middle of the woods. There's nothing but like a, an outlet out there. And I was like, I just don't know if I'm ready to do that because my in my head I was like, well, what if I go there and I don't like anybody? Mm-hmm. Like I'm just I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hate school. I'm gonna drop out of school. And at at that point, um, my mom was still the only person from our family, uh, from our immediate family, to have, to have graduated from from college. So I was like, I'm I gotta I gotta try. I at least gotta I gotta try. So um, I end up at Buffalo State College. And um, complete culture shock, even though you stayed. Nah, not complete, not complete. Um, but some differences, Mm -hmm. some differences. Like I, like I was, I was even like giving you like a peek into like my my social life and like what that was. And in in high school, in college, totally different. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, this is like for people who don't know, like Buff State is one of those schools that just is. It has so much culture and like people from everywhere. So you got kids from the city. You got um, students who come from Canada. You got students who come from the South. You got kids who come from Florida to play football. So there was like all of this happening on this small campus of like six thousand students, mm-hmm. and um, I was I was like my my freshman <laughs> my freshman weekend like orientation weekend. Um, they threw like this party in the student union, and. Um, I was never. I was always kind of like chilling in the party. Like I, I, I dance a little bit. I, I go have some fun. Get maybe catch a dub. What dance you were 
um, a few. I'm, that, none that I'm going to show in this chair. <laughs> I need to know what dubs but, was you doing? No, I was. I, I, I was. There, there were some quality dubs back in 2003. Mm-hmm. It was. It was a lot of. Um, you, you know, it was, it was heavy dance hall. It was, you know, so. Um, so yeah, that was. Um, my, I remember my my my, my week my freshman weekend. I was like, yo, I love college. <laughs> <laughs> like so, it was just party, party, party. Um, I wasn't drinking yet. I didn't. I, I, I didn't. I didn't really drink a ton uh, my freshman year. Uh, but really, first first semester of my freshman year, I didn't drink a lot. And um, yeah, I was I was partying a lot. And still and being a student, kind of like I wasn't. I wasn't terrible, but school was. It was priority, but it wasn't high priority. Like I was. I'd go to class, but like I wasn't paying attention. Like, and then I, that was something that was different for me than high school. Like when I would like put my head down to sleep in class in the lecture hall, nobody yeah. nobody said anything, yeah. and I was like, "Oh, this is this is fire!" <laughs> like, so like, you know, as I was experiencing that, but then I I I ran back into consequence, which like I'm going to say my first semester, I probably had like a, a one six. Yeah, like a one six or one seven. Wow. Yeah, and again, sobering. Um, Let's pause. Yeah. So this is probation territory. Yep. Are you paying for school? Is financially paying for school? Got you paying for wow. school. So um, I'm paying for school because um, my my parents made my parents made too much money mm-hmm. and, and they weren't willing to lie mm-hmm. on my application. So um, so yeah, now it's like I'm I'm, I'm kind of wasting wasting money mm-hmm. and um this is already after explicit conversations with my mom about because even at this point um I think Kristen was still in was still in college mm-hmm. but um Corey had just been out of college and um she had just recently had had my my oldest nephew so I was um I was told very explicitly by my mom like yo we're gonna have to figure out how we're paying for school and like that was a huge part of the reason why I I, I went to a SUNY mm-hmm. and not and not out of state. Um, so even that like it was it was her money and my money. So and yeah, it was bad. It was bad. And um, so I was in a probation area. I had to go to like a hybrid a hybrid program mm-hmm. between uh, between the community the community college and, and and Buff State. And and yeah, and that was that was the another another introduction uh, another introduction to consequences but one thing i will say about college is for everything that i didn't learn in the classroom i was learning outside of the I classroom <laughs> i was learning so we went through your elementary middle and high and there mm-hmm. wasn't really that conversation about a crew or friends mm-hmm. Which is crazy to me because mm-hmm. when I talk of middle school and high school, it's friends sprinkled all over. Mm-hmm. So we're at your freshman year of college. Yep. Still really no mention of your social group. Yeah, still no crew. Okay. Um, still no crew. But again, kind of just cool with everybody. Okay. And um, this is a funny story. People who, who know me will, will laugh at this story. So I tried to I tried to like assimilate a crew in college. And it was me. Um, it was me, this this, uh, this Dominican cat, um, uh, two two other dudes, um, two other dudes. So it was like five of us, mm-hmm. and um, I'm not I'm not gonna say names for for various reasons, 
But, um, you know, that was kind of my crew. When we was going out, we was partying together, you know, back then in college. We're all dressing alike, so we're like, we're trading, we're trading jerseys, authentics, throwbacks, and, all, and things of that nature. And um, so one of the guys, like, we were, we were, we were probably the, the, the closest at the time, and, um, you know, we, we had fell out. Um, and it was, it was a really silly reason we fell out. Um, so, you know, that, that thing dissipates and I'm like, see, this is why I don't be hanging with a bunch of people. <laughs> but, um, but then like he sees me out, it's like one of the last parties of the, of, of the year. So it's an alpha party, mm-hmm. um, at this, at this club called the Pleasure Dome, uh, which sounds crazy now, but, um, it was this party called the Pleasure Dome and it was alpha party at the Pleasure Dome, excuse me. And like, I'm in there and mind you, this is, I believe... This might have been 2003. Yeah, this might have been 2003 because I remember the, the white, red, and black twos that just came back out. And this is when Cats was heavy heavy with the Dickies and all and um, flight jackets and all that. So I had just got the twos, me and my homegirl. So, you know, I had a car. So we're, we're driving to the party. We're like, yo, we're, just, we're hyped to get, through, to get through a year of school and all that. So... We go to the party, homie's there with the, with the same cast that I no longer hang with. And they tried to jump me in the party. Oh in the party. And for anybody watching, like, that was not my fault what happened. <laughs> but they tried to jump me. And I, I held mine. Um, I, I, got, I, got, I got decked probably twice, but like, I, I definitely knocked him out. And so they, what do you mean they tried to jump you? They jumped you. Yeah, they no no because no. to me a successful a successful jumping, like they would have gotten the best of me. Like I would have been on the ground. Like I, I say try because I never touched the ground. Like I never touched the ground. I got decked a few times, but nobody stomped me, nobody like put me on the ground. So I feel like that was an attempted jump. You didn't get beat. No, I didn't get beat. I didn't get beat. Um I didn't get beat. Um thank thank God I've I've never I've never actually lost a fight in my life. But um, you know, but I don't I don't promote violence at all or fighting, uh, just defending yourself. But no, um, but yeah, so they, they tried to jump me or whatever, and I and so that caused this whole thing. And I'm chilling because like I didn't I was like, yo, they didn't get the best of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I like, I'm cool. And then like people start hitting my phone, like from, from school and everything, like, yo, you gotta retaliate. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, nah, man, like I'm I'm cool. But it was like get pulled up to to, to my to my apartment, like, nah, let's go. Like we, we gotta go retaliate. So um I won't get into the, the, the details explicitly. Shout out to Buffalo State. Um You did choose that and, and the university PD. Um I, I chose to honor my, my name and myself. <laughs> so um that that was that was a situation. But what that did was it st- it kind of started floating my name around campus as just like somebody that you you don't play, play with like that, which I didn't. I never wanted that to be my reputation, but it it worked out for me. Like he don't got muscles, but he got muscles. Yeah, yeah. He he's wild, <laughs> and then so that that actually leads me into the to the story about crew. Like that's where I met uh, my best friend, uh, my best friend Tone, and um, and we 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 connected just on everything, like ideals, clothes, like the type of like just. Like the type of things that we were we were both into basketball and all that. So like me and Tone, like I was I was like wow I, I found like a, a friend friend mm-hmm. and and you know and also um, Greg his cousin and then um, our guy Dre. So like that was like the meat of our crew and uh, best we, guys. <laughs> the, the best the best guys like they're still with me to this day all of them 
And, you know, we we formed our little crew, which people are going to laugh at the name, but uh, we called ourselves first, the, our first crew name, like we had a dap in, in, in on everything. We all dressed alike. Our, um, our first crew name was Rock Fam. And which is insane. Like, there's still pictures of me throwing up the diamond in uh, in college, which is just so nasty. Um, but I mean, whatever. It was 2004, so um, so you know, we would crew, and um, you know, Tone, Tone, and um, Tone and Greg were from were from um, Spanish Harlem. Um, Dre is from the Bronx, and we just we just rolled as a crew. Like we went everywhere together. We did everything. Like that was the first semblance of a crew for me, mm-hmm. um, which. Which I, I loved them, and we like it was like for the first time that I didn't have to argue with people about like anything. It was like everything was just easy, like the jokes, like splitting, splitting, getting gas, like splitting food, like mm-hmm. going to the club, like you know, even like down to the, the the women that each of us were dealing with. Like there was no intersection with stuff like that. So it was just it was good to finally have have a crew, and that 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 had given me something that I had never really had in um in my life up until that point, and. Um, you know, I say they they made those years, um, they made those years great for for me. And um, you know, I remember when I was going to um, to pledge mm-hmm. and do the and do the fraternity thing. I went to go pledge Kappa, and I remember just walking with Tone like across campus. And like anybody, I'm not gonna pretend like people know Tone. Like Tone is just Tone is just like the, the coolest, coolest dude guy. that you'll ever meet. And like he always knows what to say, how to say it, and um, you know, I'm like, yo, man, I'm thinking about um, thinking about doing this Kappa thing, and he's like, I could see that. <laughs> he's like, no, no, I, I could see that for you. He's like, yeah, you know, I, I was thinking about doing something too, but I'm I'm good for now. But you know, it's like, you know, dudes from dudes from the hood is is this and that. But like, he's like, no, I could see that for you. He's like, and and Tone just just like knowing me as well as he knew me, he's like, you know, you get into that. That's just gonna open up so much for you. He was like, "You gonna go in there? You gonna you gonna you gonna do exactly what you need to do with that." Um, what year is this? This is two thousand five. What year in school are you in? Uh, at this point, I am on paper a junior. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on paper, I'm a junior. So you're still we're not focused on grades. Not at we're all. Not focused on our major anymore. Not at all. I'm you just got doing your crew, and you just ride. I'm doing. I'm doing what I need to do mm-hmm. to get through. So it's not like I'm just doing nothing, but at this point I'm I'm starting to see a world outside of academia and I'm starting to just see um almost like I I was looking at the business of college and I'm like, yo, like all these student organizations get all this budget to do these things and I'm like this is so different. And then, like, I'm seeing what the fraternities are doing. I'm seeing what the student organizations are doing. And then I'm starting to look at college as a business. Okay. So, mind you, at this point, I've switched majors, like, four times. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm in economics and finance at this point. And, um, and I, I took that up, one, because it was easy, but two, uh, easy for me. Let me not say it's an easy subject, but it was easy for me at the time. And also because I just knew that nothing moved without the money. Mm-hmm. And um, that was that was where I, I I chose to 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 put my attention to, and um, you know it, it served me well. Like I, I learned I learned a ton in macro and microeconomics. Like I learned all of that stuff. I learned accounting. I did all of that stuff. So you know as I'm as I'm as I'm still doing those things, it's just like the social and the business of college 
was way more fascinating to me mm -hmm. than a classroom, than a lecture hall. So, um, so yeah. That's exciting. So the money, you're focused on the money. Always. Where's the money going? Always. And you got your crew. Mm -hmm. You're into being social at this point. Mm -hmm. So now what are you doing? Like, what are you into? Because before I asked you, did you have an interest outside of engineering? Mm -hmm. And even walking through just now, mm -hmm. didn't hear anything about your interest. So mm -mm. now we know you're into the money. You got your little crew. Mm -hmm. Y'all running ragged all around campus. Yeah. <laughs> Why ragged? It's because not ragged. I know y'all. We're running. <laughs> so fair, fair, fair. What are you interested in for real that ultimately feels like it could turn into a thing for you? So I was, I was throwing parties okay. even back then, um, and. I I got my start under under um under this guy named Bart Williams who who was a a genius at just like throwing events like he like this he owned a club at the age of like 21 like he was a he was a genius and like Bart um he showed me everything like he showed me everything from like how to how to how to be like a street team person and like pass out flyers how to get people to take your flyers to then like showing me the business of the party as well from like how to how to run the door what like what what does the bar mean like bar guarantees and just like coat check and just like all the different ways you can make money also down to who you had to pay mm -hmm. so like you know security DJs um club owners things of that nature so like I learned all of that stuff under him and I was throwing my own parties under um under my crew's uh name which was cool kids entertainment go figure um and uh and as I was throwing parties, I had I had my partner, uh, my line brother Derek, and uh, my other line brother Donnie. We were throwing parties, and we were doing them. Um, we weren't doing the biggest parties, mm -hmm. but I felt like we were we were the guys who would get everybody to come. So like our parties, like and people who've been to college know, the fraternity parties bring people out from everywhere, and um, we would throw some crazy crazy parties, and we we had you know some 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 issues with. Um, with like the politics of it and with like the chapter and stuff. So we we weren't able to throw parties as Kappa. Mm -hmm. We had to throw them as cool kids. And that but it would still be a Kappa mm -hmm. party. But mind you, while I'm doing all this this Greeky Greek stuff, like my guys are right here with me, you know, so like even down to like road tripping. Mm -hmm. Like we would go we would go on the road to throw parties or go to other people's parties. And you know, people like I feel like Party promoting gets a bad rap mm -hmm. these days because you know they either see people as like janky or some of those. But you know, party promoting really was my introduction to business, um, and I, I learned everything like down to those very important things like who to pay, mm -hmm. like um, you know who to take care of, like who like who who who's valuable. Like you know, there's certain there's certain guys or certain girls that you would let in free because they're going to get a pop in or they're going to, or they're going to be the ones to, to evangelize your party. You know, there's certain people you put on your street team because you put a certain woman on your street team because you know, guys are going to follow her to wherever she goes. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and would you have put me on your street team? No, I would have kept you in my dorm room. Mm. Um, put baby in the corner. Yeah, but. that's a fact. <laughs> only come out for the big, for the, for the special ones. But, um, but yeah, like I, I learned business through 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 party promoting, and um, I loved it then. Like I really loved it. I loved the feeling of throwing a good event. Like it, you know, it kind of gave you some cachet on campus, so you could, you could talk your talk a little bit and be like, yeah, we threw the best, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. whatever. So I got that that aspect of it too. So yeah, I think those are my interests. Like sports, 
I went by the wayside. There was no more of that. Um, I didn't have an idea of what I wanted to do for a career mm-hmm. um, yet, and we'll, we'll we'll get to to how I actually started to find a career. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, I was I was just enjoying all of what that fraternal college party life was. Mm-hmm. So you get to the end of your college career. Mm-hmm. Very long time. Yeah, <laughs> very long Enjoying time. The hell out Super of that. duper senior. <laughs> and I'm sure because I've met your mother. The first time I met her, mm-hmm. um, what she said to me was, "I'm just so blessed. My son is alive." Yeah, yeah. Like I always had to worry about this guy. Yeah. <laughs> so you make it through college mm-hmm. by the skin of your teeth because mm-hmm. of how it started. Skin of my teeth and my feet <laughs> and your feet. Yeah. And you say you don't have an idea of what you want to do. How does that affect your mother, who is very... Cool? So, for like, my mother is just very structured mm-hmm. and very regimented. Like, we, I, I wouldn't say we grew up strict, mm-hmm. but we grew up with direction. Like, we grew up with a lot of direction. So, um, you know, it's very much like you're going to go to school, like... Like um, people have said, like school was just a formality. Mm-hmm. Like no, like you you don't you don't get an award for for doing well in school. You know you, you're supposed to. And so at that point, I'm I'm driving my mother crazy because she's like, well, you need to get a plan first. Like you know it was just about like getting out of there. But then it's like, yo, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? And I'm like, ah, uh, you know I don't know. Like I had a, I had a decent job. Like I was actually at the time working for um for Geico. Mm-hmm. I was I was doing um, insurance claims, which I I was twenty two, and I was making like twenty four dollars an hour. So I was like, "This is great money." I had my own place. I was like, I was like, eh. but then I I just knew like once once I was done with what I had to do on the school front, I just knew I didn't want to be there anymore. So I was like, eh, I don't know. I figured out. I'll save some money and and um, you know, I'm gonna head to the city. Mm-hmm. And um, as I as I was saying that, I could just see her like, wait, what? Like, cause I, I, I didn't, I wasn't the type and like, even to a fault now, I'm not the type to like discuss plans in like, in full with people. I just do, I just do what I, what I feel like I need to do. Um, cause it's, it's planned out and it's like, it's drawn out in my head, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily like communicated, you know, properly to anybody. So I was like, yeah, mom, I think I'm out. And she's just like, what are you going to do? <laughs> And I'm like, uh, I was like, I don't know. But back to like the social and the business of college, I had a network. Mm-hmm. Like I had a crazy network um, all the way from, from New England down through Long Island, down through the city, mm-hmm. all the way to like Atlanta. I've, I felt like I could go anywhere mm-hmm. and do whatever. But I'm like, I remember one of, one of my frat brothers he was like, yo, Chase has this program. Um, Chase has this program where they're kind of um, for personal bankers. I was like, what do you have to do? And he's like, oh, you know, you just, you get there and you basically, you sign people up for checking accounts. You get to, um, you know, you sign them up for credit cards and all. I was like, oh, you're, you're selling? So yeah, I was like, I can do that in my sleep. So I was like, you know, like put me on. So um, he puts me on. His cousin happens to be like the hiring manager. So I, I remember I go to, uh, I go to one of the big branches on like Sixth Avenue um, and like Fifty Fifth, and um, I interview. And <laughs> at this point, I'm like, I'm just there. 
Like, I'm like, yo, I get the job, I get the job, whatever. Like, I'll figure it out. I was, I was trying to, I was waiting to go party with, with Tone and them that night. So, um, I get the job. Mm. And I'm like, oh, life is, life is real. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm an adult. Like, I have a, I have a, a, a salary job. Um, you know, I need to find a place and all that stuff. So, I'm like, all right. And I remember calling my mother. And, like, I could tell... She was she was happy that I had found a job, but she was just like, I think how fast everything happened kind of mm-hmm. unnerved her, and then she's just like, oh my god, like my my son is in the belly, in the, the belly, <laughs> and like he's and he's in the he's in the midst of it. So, you know, I, I do that, um, and my, I had to start like two weeks later. So mm-hmm. I go back, I pack up, pack up my vehicle, um, and I, I bounce, <laughs> and. I remember um, just being so, uh, like, the relationship between me and my parents really changing mm-hmm. in that time. And because, um, you know, not only was I not the, the little baby anymore, but, like, I was a man mm-hmm. in, in the jungle, you know. And um, I remember, like, all of the all of the phone calls were really concerned phone calls mm-hmm. from, from them. And I was like, I'm out here. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm hustling, like, mm-hmm. not... Not hustling, <laughs> but you know I'm, I'm hustling. Like I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting to it. Like I, I got my network. I got, I still got that same crew. So like they're, mm-hmm. they're all, they're all back in the city, and we're just, we're rolling. And um, yeah, I, I was, I was moving fast, mm-hmm. um, too fast, and we were, we were doing a lot, <laughs> and um, loving it. Yeah, and, and just having a ball and like, you know, and, and, and learning things and just like seeing probably for the first time in my life, like being able to to see a world of just endless possibility mm-hmm. and, um, and you know, and feeling like I had enough support just within my crew. Like if I needed something, like I could go there. So, um, so yeah, I end up, I end up taking that job in, in finance um, and started off lovely doing great like really hustling getting people to sign up using my network to, mm-hmm. to sign people up for, for checking accounts and, and and doing business in the bank and like but learning the inner workings of the bank and all that and um and yeah and what year what age was that um so I, this is 2009 now it's okay. 2009 this is the beginning of 2009 so i'm still i'm still 23 okay I'm still 23. Yeah. So I'm 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 still I'm young. Like mm-hmm. I'm I'm very young. I I I think that I'm I'm mature for my age and I'm wise by my beyond my years, but I'm I'm young. Yeah. Yeah. So you already said in college you were concerned with where's the money? Yep. You leave, you end up working at a bank. Yep. And at this point are you you got your salary? Mhm. Are you concerned about, um, I need this money to then buy a home? I need this money to set up my life? Or is it just, no. I want to get by? No. I, that, I needed that money to to buy sneakers. <laughs> um, and I needed that money to, yeah, go figure. <laughs> and I needed that money to go out. Mm. Like, this was like prime, prime New York City. So we're talking like, Lapome after work on Wednesdays. I think Taj was Tuesday nights at that point. Katra. And like there was there was always somewhere to go. Mm-hmm. And like that was my main concern. Like obviously like pay my bills, mm-hmm. but 
make sure I had money to go out. So when, and like, I wasn't making a ton of money. I was, I think my base salary was like 40 grand, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, we got bonuses and stuff. And like, I think Chase, I forget what the name of the system was, but we had, we had a system where you could, you could get your bonus every month. So like, I was, I was really like working super hard to get that. Mm -hmm. So I could party. And, and and so that that was my life, and it was like it was a very it was a very very grind all day. I'm I'm up at six in the morning to get ready go. I'm in the branch by eight thirty. I'm at the branch till six six thirty, and then like if it's after work, I'm at the after work. Mm-hmm. Um, if if not, I'm going I'm going home. I'm going back uptown. I'm I, I was living on one forty second. In Linux at the time, so I'm going back uptown to to get um, you know what I'm saying get ready mm-hmm. to go out that night or just to get food and like I was I was never in my apartment, mm-hmm. so um, so yeah that was that was that was that was what I was focused on it was still like even though I'm I'm still a, I'm a I'm technically a grown functioning adult, mm-hmm. it's still about like partying and like mm-hmm. figuring that stuff out. So clearly you didn't stay at the bank. Yeah. You're not at the bank today. Yeah. So how long were you there and wh- why did you have to leave? So um again I was I was moving super fast mm-hmm. um and just getting just getting caught up in all in all type of in all type of things that I shouldn't have been caught up in. So I spent about a year and a half at the bank mm-hmm. and um you know I I got mixed up I got mixed up and I don't want to, I don't want to even say it like, yo, I got mixed up with the wrong crowd. Mm-hmm. I made some terrible decisions mm-hmm. and, um, that ended up getting me removed from the bank mm-hmm. unceremoniously. And, um, and yeah, back at square one, mm-hmm. trying to, trying to figure out life again. So I was there for like a year and a half. Um, yeah, cause this was a little over a year and a half. I was there maybe like 20 months. Okay. Um, and, um, and yeah, I remember I I got in, I got and let go, and um, you know face 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 some legal trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, this was and what was so, what was so disheartening about it for me wasn't any of that stuff. It was the fact that the position that I put my family in, mm-hmm. and um, you know specifically my parents, but also like just just like the irony of God's timing. Mm-hmm. Like I had gotten, um, I had actually gotten arrested um, the week after my sister's wedding. Mm. So, you know, I go from probably one of the the two or three happiest days of my life to probably the worst day of my life. You know, and then I had to really sit there and and think to myself, like, man, all this all this talk about consequences in my life, like here I, here I am, you know? So, um, so that was, that was very humbling and, 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 and going, going through that, um, going through that absolutely changed my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just showed me the, it showed me the importance of not only who you're around, but what you allow. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, the choices, all of the choices that I made had led me to that moment. And, what I told myself is now that I'm in this moment, um, I'm going to make sure one, that my choices never get me back here, but two, that I'm going to be, I'm going to be better about like what I surround myself with, um, what, what I put out into the world and the choices I make, which 
I got a little better at, <laughs> but um, you know, I still had some more growing pains to go. So you're done with your job. Mm-hmm. Are you still in the city? You- yes, I'm still in the city. Okay. So I'm I'm naively trying to find another job in okay. finance. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> crazy. Because like at this point, like I'm I'm trying every every workaround way to, to get a job in finance. And it, it's just not happening. So um I actually got connected with um with another another member of the frat and he says, Yo, um, I got you. I got a gig for you. Like he he knew my situation. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think he knew to the extent, but he mm-hmm. knew he knew my situation. He's like, Yo, come um I was like, Yeah, bad. I'm I'm ready to work right now. Like I was broke. And he's like Still going out? Uh yeah. Yeah, still going out. Still going out on unemployment money. But um You're wild. Yeah, I'm I'm just like everybody else now. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm I'm like everybody else now. But um yeah, y'all y'all not original with being broke and going out. That was I, I, I'm not even saying I started it, but I was I was definitely on the forefront. I was on the forefront of getting the getting the money getting the money downloaded on your card. Yeah, I got four hundred and five dollars. Let's go live. That was me. Yeah, still still buying bottles. Going, just stupid. But um, but yeah. So my 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 um my my frat brother's like, yo, I got you. It's um it's an accounting gig, at um at another at another institution. And I'm like, ah, right, yeah, I'm ready. Um, what what's needed for me? He was like, wait, you still you still in Harlem? I was like, yeah. He was like, um, yeah. Well, the job is in Wilmington, Delaware. So <laughs> I'm like, where? He said Wilmington, Delaware. I was like, all right, cool. So I get on I get on my my uh my phone. I'm like, how far is Wilmington, Delaware from the city? And I see the time. I'm like, all right. So I can't still live in the city and go there. Like, so I was like, all right. Um, so I'm, I'm just being ridiculous. I'm looking at like, oh, I, I could still live in Philly and go to. And I'm just like, yo, you have no money. You have no situation. So what are you going to do? And I was like, I need the job. Like, I need the job. So I was like, I guess I'm moving to Delaware. So I knew no one. I knew no one in Delaware. Okay, but, again, we need year and age. So the year now is 2000 and... This is the end of 2010. Mm-hmm. So this is like November, December of 2010. It's um, only 10 years ago. Yeah, t- ten, year, 10 years ago. Yeah, 10 years ago. Jesus Christ. So... um so I end up, I end up um, going down there, um, meeting somebody again through the frat, um, which is like, yeah, the, that's another thing. Just like the, the network of the fraternity has always been a blessing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to say everything about the fraternity has been great, but just that network of, of brothers who are willing to, to do what they can for, for other brothers has always helped me. Um, and in this in this sense, I, I needed a place to stay until I like got on my feet and, and figured things out. So I needed a place to stay for literally like three weeks to a month. Mm-hmm. And I ended up um, getting hooked up with this brother from down there who had a crib. And he was like, yo, he didn't know me from Adam. He was like, yo, yeah, bro, you can stay here. Boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, all right, cool. Um, so I get there and it just reminded me of like a suburb. Of, of like Buffalo and like school. So I was just like, okay, I got to take the bus. I got to, um, I, I can't, there's nowhere to go, mm-hmm. but I just got to like lock in. Um, 
And I remember like going through that process and, um, and just being miserable. Like, because like I go from living this life that super fast paced, I had, I had all my, my, my crew, my friends, um, I had money and, you know, I got, I got there to, to, to Delaware and I, I had none of that. Mm-hmm. So what do I do? I start, I, I, I look up buses and all that trains and I start going back to the city every weekend. Oh, you're sick. On the, and then like, at first I was, I was riding it high. I was, mm-hmm. I was doing Amtrak and then I didn't have money for Amtrak. So I was doing the China bus, you know, I was doing the Greyhound, like, you know, like China bus, I think from China bus from Delaware to, 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 to the city was like $10. Mm-hmm. So I would leave work on a Friday early, hop on a China bus, be back in the city by eight, partying. So like people didn't even know I wasn't in the city anymore. Like, cause I was there still. Um, and, pl- and I, and so, you know, I'm doing that and I'm after about, after about two months, I'm tired and I'm like, I don't, I don't and I still don't have no money. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, I'm just going, I'm going to buckle down here and just grind until I could get back to the city. Um, so because of, because of my, my prior situation, I end up getting unceremoniously removed from there. Okay. Um, so it's about six months. So now this is, we're talking in June, 2011. Okay. Um, so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go back to the city. Um, so I, I get back to the city, um, and I end up, um, I end up staying with a friend again. I end up sleeping on a friend's couch for roughly five months. Mm. And shout out to her, um, platonic female friend um, who, who just looked out, like looked out for me and, um, and really held me down. And at this time, I'm, I'm doing odd jobs. I'm just, I'm just trying to figure it out. So I'm like, I'm bartending. Um, I'm taking temp jobs. Like, um, I'm really trying to just figure it out. And um, I was really frustrated. Like, I was, I was, um, I was depressed. I'm not even going to say I was borderline depressed. I was depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's like, even now, like, at that time, like, you go out in the city, like, you, you go on a drink, date, whatever. You know what I'm saying? You, you don't have a, a home of your own to go back to. You know, so that was um, that was really <clears throat> that was really um, a dark time, a dark time for me. But you know, shout out, shout out to her for um, for for letting me do that and and really use that time to not just get back on my feet, but get right and like mm-hmm. start to figure things out. So as I was starting to figure things out, um, I got I got a call from uh, from a homie from college who was like, "Yo." Cause I, I was at this point I was I had no shame I was mm-hmm. putting it out like yeah I'm looking for a job like I need to work like I I actually I don't even know what I'm able to do mm-hmm. at this point but like I'm looking for a job. He's like yo um, I'm over here at uh, at um, this uh, this publishing company mm-hmm. and he's like yo you could come in here and do operations I'm like well, what, what does that entail like it didn't matter to me but I just like I wanted to know like what I'd be getting into. And he's like, yo, you, you basically, you're in charge of putting ads up on the site. I was like, that sounds easy enough. Like, I just had to figure out some computer work. So I remember I go and um, I interview. And like, I interview with him. So he's like, yo, you're good. You got the job. You start on Monday. And it was temp to perm. So 
that actually allowed me with my situation to fly under the radar, mm-hmm. um, you know, and go temp to perm. So, um, and I, I loved, I loved being a temp because like one, you get paid every week. Mm-hmm. Um, you get paid more. So like if you're getting paid, you know what I'm saying? 40, $40 an hour, you're working 40 hours a week. Out of that 1600, you're probably seeing like 12, 1300. Mm-hmm. So are we saving this after all these spouts of being broke and having nothing? Or are we still partying? No, I'm still partying. <laughs> so when does he get responsible? <laughs> well, is, is, this is all building up to responsibility. But no, so like now you now I'm actually I'm working a temporary job, but I'm making more money than I've ever made, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm so quick to try to recoup everything that I didn't have. So I'm like, I need an apartment ASAP. Like I need to get this, this, and that. Like all oh, I was living out of suitcases. So I was like, I got to get furniture. I got to do all this stuff, and. Um, as I'm doing the job, I love it. Like I love it because it's giving me, like, yeah. I I I didn't see my dream come to fruition of like working on Wall Street, mm-hmm. but now I'm like, oh, I could I could work on Broadway. Like I could be I could be an advertising executive. That's what I saw. You're finally starting to think of. Yeah, I'm starting to think large large picture. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, because and I, and I was just from like I would you know, we'd be responsible for certain things and there's just certain like checks and balances and people you got to report to. And I'm like, I'm reporting to like publishers. I'm reporting to ad directors. I'm like, so that means I can, I can do that, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm starting to see that for myself. And that's when I really started to put my head down and, and work and work. So, um, yeah, this is 2011 mm-hmm. and yeah, my, my climb through advertising was crazy yeah yeah so so you do that you're interested in it so you're actually looking for a way to like you said move up the ladder Mm -hmm. so where do we go from the temp to perm do we stay with that company or yeah so i'm still temp and um we had like a a a job posting forum Mm -hmm. and this uh this job comes up as for for a media planner and I knew what a media planner was because I worked with them, but I didn't know all that they did. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go for it. Like, what do I have to lose? Like, <laughs> so I, I was like, I'm gonna go for it. So I go and um, I put it up. I, I, I put up for it, and I go interview at uh, at this magazine, Women's Wear Daily, mm-hmm. which um, is a high fashion magazine. Um, so I go interview for them, um, and this is 2012 now. Okay. Um, wait. Yeah, it's 2012. It's 2012. And um, this is when most, most companies are finally starting to embrace digital media. Mm-hmm. So I go there, and like I don't know a ton, but I can tell I know more than all of them. Mm-hmm. So it was just like the right time, right place situation for me because the position they were hiring for, the girl was leaving in like seven days. Well, they needed somebody. So they needed somebody. And so I interview, excuse me, so I interview with them and I interview with like the associate publisher and then my, my who would be my direct boss, which is the ad director. And they're like, yo, we, we love you. Like we want to hire you. Am I? I'm the only black guy mm. um, in the building. I'm the only black person on on that side of the building. 
Um, and so it's you know it's a little intimidating in those senses. A lot of like older, um, older, older Caucasian women. Mm-hmm. So it's like an environment like that's not really conducive for me. But I'm like you know what? it's a risk and it's a chance and like I'm I kind of have nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. So let me you know let me see. And I get the job and they're like all right you need to make a media plan. And that was like the final thing, like make us a media plan and like for this program and boom. <laughs> I have no idea how to do that. So um, I go to my homegirl who I was working with in that same building. She was a media planner. Shout out to Marissa <laughs> to this day, homie. Um, I was like, yo, I got to send them a media plan for this. this. She's like, all right, send me the thing. She's like, I got you. I was like, yo, I, I, I understand you got but I need you to explain it to me. So when they ask me questions, I don't sound like somebody else did this for me. Mm-hmm. Because I need to explain it to them, like why I did what I did and blah, blah, blah. So she does all that for me. Shout out to her. It took two hours out of her day to do that for me. And did that for me. I go back in. I present the media plan. Crush it. <laughs> get the job. So now I'm up. I'm like, I'm, I'm working. I'm working on 47th, um, 47th and 3rd. Um, so I'm going down. Remember my first day at work, they're like, you had a different dress code. So now you had to wear a blazer with everything. So like... I had to go shop for clothes with the little bit of bread I had. So like I'm going to H&M, buying up all the all the $79 blazers and getting getting myself together, getting the, the stupid floral shirts, like all this stuff. Right? I'm just like, I'm just trying to find stuff that like that'll work in there. Mm-hmm. So I get there and I meet the publisher, I meet the um the other staff, and like I just get rolling. They, they throw me in the fire right away. The girl who the girl who was leaving was training me for like two days. So I was like, yo, show me everything. Like, show me where the files are, everything. Show me all that. She shows me all that, and I'm, but I'm still, like, brand new. Mm-hmm. So what do I do? I start just using my creativity and my intuition. And, like, out of me not knowing things, I started making things up. Mm-hmm. And, like, I was like, guys, I think we should do media planning like this. Like, I think we should create everything custom. I think for whatever consumer, we're talk- whatever brand we're talking to, we need to do programs that are specially catered to them. They love that. They're like, yes, because, you know, they're, they're, they're high fashion, they're yeah. luxury, so, like, people like that type of stuff. I'm turned on right now. Yeah. It's good. It's good. See, I, I, was good at, I was good on my feet. So, so then what that did was that kind of really accelerated my progress in the company. So now people who know, like, sales planners and media planners, they don't go mm-hmm. to, to meetings, like they, they make the plan and the plan goes. But I had to go to meetings because I was the only one who could explain digital. Mm. So I started getting experience in the selling realm of, of advertising. And that was a turn on for me. I'm just like, man, like this is this is big business. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm like, I just want it, I just want more, more and more. So like, but I was I was happy where I was, but I was like, I I don't know what I want to do next. So I'm just gonna kill it here. And then my boss ended up getting promoted. Mm-hmm. Um and she she was a G. She was a beast. Like she she had started off as a seller and like had made her way all the way up to director and and like just the time I was there, and then I I was a rock star at this point in the company. So they're like, yeah, we have this this. They created a position for me, which is like a hybrid marketing and sales position. And they're like, yeah, we want you to do it. And blah blah. blah. And like that made me. It was a raise in pay, but not by much, by like six grand. Mm-hmm. It was a raise in pay, but it was a raise in profile. Like I. I was leading. I was leading pitches now, and I was like, Yo, "This is this is exactly what I want." Um, and the the problem was that someone who I was working with before that, and we were like a one two punch. Mm-hmm. That person ended up becoming my boss. Yeah. 
And that changed the entire dynamic. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that was another introduction to consequence because mm-hmm. the relationship changed like that. And I'm while I'm still trying to just adapt to the relationship changing, mm-hmm. work is just passing me by. Like I'm missing things now. Like I'm not, I'm not on top of everything. I'm not saving people's. Like I'm not like, I'm not leading mm-hmm. the way that I needed to. And so, yeah, three months into that role, I got fired. By your, the girl. Yeah, by, by the woman that I was working with. Wow. I got fired. And, um, and man, you want to talk about just crushed? Mm-hmm. Like I was crushed mm-hmm. that I got fired. But, um, but yeah, when I talk about my journey through advertising, God was always present. Mm-hmm. And he was always making sure that I was good. Um, because I felt like I was starting to kind of live the way I needed to. So the, the blessings and, and the opportunities were not, we're not, um, we're not short. Mm-hmm. So you get into advertising and now I'm seeing this thread from you in college selling something mm-hmm. to people mm-hmm. and it being successful, mm-hmm. being your, um, your crew, with your parties, mm-hmm. then working at the bank and you mm-hmm. have to convince people to open accounts mm-hmm. and that commentary and you being successful in all these areas, mm-hmm. but then also falling for, mm-hmm. some, for some reason. Mm-hmm. And I just have a question that's totally off the timeline. How are you responding to the consequences of your actions? Like, how are you dealing with these <laughs> moments of depression when you get there? I lost my job. I lost my job again. <laughs> I lost my job again. I don't got no money. Yeah. Are you? Um, it's, I'm dealing with it by just trying to, to move through it. Like, I'm just trying to get to the next thing. So, like, that's one thing about me and failure. Like, failing doesn't hold me down for very long. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, like, devastating failure. Like, I've, I've had some some very, very big failures in my life. And the one thing about it, like, if it, even if it's down to, like, losing a championship game to, like, getting fired from your, quote, unquote, dream job, like, for me, the mindset is always get up. Mm-hmm get up and and you got you got to get up and get to the and get to the next thing because while you may you may have failed here there's still more opportunity for you to learn and still more opportunity for you to grow so i my mindset that being my mindset then was very helpful mm-hmm. um you know that that particular mindset um the older i get I realize that I need to feel a little more and I need to assess a little more and really analyze things and like, why did this happen and mm-hmm. do that? I was never doing that, which resulted in me making the same mistake a lot of times, mm-hmm. um, you know, just with grander opportunities. Um, so, so yeah, that was my mindset. Just get, get on to the next thing. Like you can't stay down for long. And I think even while I was, whilst I was struggling, like I didn't, I remember that, that summer, when I was when I was um, when I was sleeping on my homegirl's couch, I probably went on twenty job interviews mm. and devastated each time I didn't get a job. Like devastated, but um, never devastated to the point of like, yo, I'm I'm, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm gonna go do something. It's like no, I I am determined. 
I am determined to be successful. Mm-hmm. And however that, however that looks, because I, I didn't even see myself ever even going into advertising. Mm-hmm. So it's like, however that looks for me, like I'm already in a, in a, in a much higher place than I ever thought myself to be mm-hmm. professionally. Like there's, there's no limit for me. Mm-hmm. And you bring up people supporting you throughout this journey. And that's so commendable. Cause I think of a lot of people who have mm-hmm. gone eight hours away from home mm-hmm. or not even that far. Mm-hmm. And, Losing jobs and being broke and moving is easy to say, you know what, I can go back home. Mm -hmm. Because I'm sure your parents Mm -hmm. had open arms for that moment whenever and if ever it came. Mm -hmm. So definitely shout out to your community and your network. Because I think about a parable that um, I heard about when I was reading a book. I I followed this lady and she was talking about the long spoon parable. And it talks about what heaven and hell is. I mm-hmm. think I told you about it before. Yes. And that's what this sounds like, where yep. you feel like you're in hell because all these things are going bad, but mm-hmm. the reason it's heaven for you is because, yes, we do have these long spoons and we're supposed to eat, but we can't feed ourselves with a long spoon. Yep. We have to feed one another. Yep. So that is like a thread that I'm hearing throughout mm-hmm. that has saved you from your hell many a time. Yes. So now you are devastated by this job loss. Mm-hmm. So I'm devastated by this job loss, and this is in, um, this is now spring of 2013, um, and this is a huge turning point in my life um, because I get fired from this job. Um, I remember exactly when it was March of, mm-hmm. of 2013. I get fired from this job. Um, now I kind of got a black eye in the in the, in the advertising space because not only did I I get let go. But that woman said some really nasty things about me in an email to to colleagues, which is just like a no no and such a crass move. Um, I I pray she's doing well, but um, but yeah. So I, I had to deal with that and um, and you know and and some other and some other personal things at the time. So while that's happening, I'm feverishly looking for a job again, <laughs> and um, I end up unemployed. And I'm I, so now, like when I'm when I'm in that that space, I kind of go back into a protective mode of like, all right, what worked the last time I was unemployed? Temporary work. So I'm looking. I'm looking actively. Like I'm interviewing with temp agencies to to get placed, and they're giving me a lot of stuff, but it's just like, eh, I don't want to do that. The money wasn't right, or one the job would be in like Connecticut or 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 Bergen or like North Bergen, New Jersey, and I'm just like, eh, I don't want to do that. Um, but also, while that's happening, um, I now have basically a new group of friends okay. um, that that I'm that I'm starting to build with, and they're they're different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're different than 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 my than my my former group of friends. They're definitely different than my 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 regular crew of, of tone in them, but they're fun. Um, they're talented. And we just start doing things together. We start doing events together, and um, you know that around that same time was when uh, was when Palooza was born. So um, you know that thing is happening, which is fun. It's energetic. It's it's at that time it's a distraction, mm-hmm. um, but you know it's giving me something to like. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I'm. I'm kind of putting some energy into building that, but I still know I need to I need to live. I need mm-hmm. to eat to live. So I end up um I end up actually 
catching a lick and getting a temporary job at Disney, Disney television. Um, yeah, which is crazy. Like for people I know who don't know me at all, like if people were to look at my actual like professional resume, it looks it, it looks nuts. No, I was definitely I was <laughs> I was I was somebody. I yeah. was I was moving, and you know, and I, I have very I, I'm I'm even more so somebody now, <laughs> but I was I. I had a decorated resume. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I get to I get to Disney and that's a temp job too. But like the money's crazy. <laughs> like the opportunities are crazy. Like the conversations I'm able to lead and have are insane. And I, let me actually double it back. When I got fired from the previous job, I actually was interviewing that same week okay. at Esquire magazine. And um we'll get to we'll get to Esquire even more in depth. But when I was interviewing Esquire, um the guy who 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 eventually became my boss, he told me off rip, he was like, yo, this position, he was like, yo, bro, you're, you're phenomenal. He was like, because at this point, I knew everything I was talking about. He's like, yo, you're phenomenal, but I think this position's a little too junior for you. Mm. And I was offended. I'm like, hey, well, I need a job. <laughs> I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll take anything. Yeah. But he was like, nah, I don't think it's right for you. So anyway, that him. happened in, in spring of 2013 as well. So I started working for Disney, I want to say in maybe May, uh-huh. May or June of, of 2013. And you know, great gig, really smart people. And I started just to learn different aspects of, of advertising and different business. Cause now you're talking about television and that's completely different than just like the digital stuff. So I was working in Columbus circle and I was loving it. I was going to, I was making great money. I was going to work. I was, I was still able to live my, my social life. Mm-hmm. Um, Most important. Yeah. It's, it's always, at, always at the prevalent, <laughs> but I had, but I had money. Mm-hmm. And you know, and like that made me feel like everything. Like I, I can, I can now do what I want to do, and still have some money, some money left over. So you know, shout out to Disney for that. And then, so crazy. Um, as at, so I actually got a call back from um, the same recruiter from mm-hmm. from Esquire who had called me the first time. It's like, hey, just you know, seeing seeing what you're up to, what you got going on. You know, we got this position that we've created, which was um, like a senior digital strategist role. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, I'm down to talk about it, but I, I'm comfortable at Disney. Like, I'm chilling. Mm-hmm. But I was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, she's like, yeah, you know, come down to the come down to the office. We'll talk about it. So I walked over because it was on 57th, I'm in the Hearst building. So I walk on over and I interview with her. She tells me about the position. And she's already has me pegged for it. She's like, mm-hmm. if I say yes, it's my it's my job to lose, yeah. basically. So I'm like, she's like, you know, we, we got a couple divisions. Like, where would you like to work? Like, as far as like the magazines, I'm like, I want to work on 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 the men's magazines because like one, that's what I know, but two, like I just think that's another world that I haven't I haven't operated in, which is publishing for men. So I get that, and. Um, I, now I have to go interview with the the head of the the department, mm-hmm. which is the same gentleman same who interviewed me way back when. Shout out to Bill, <laughs> and he's like reading my resume as I walk in. He's looking. He's like, oh, "This is good," and then he's talking to me, but he's like, his face yeah, is in the paper. He's like, yeah, man. So you know, like, just asking me like questions about like what what brings me here, like what do I think like I can do for the team, and all this all regular questions. And then he looks up. <laughs> he's like. Yo, it's you. I said, yeah, same guy. Mm-hmm. He's like, you were the guy with all the, the, the ideas and the creatives. I was like, yeah, that was me. 
He's like, oh, man, no brainer for me. He's like, if you want the job, it's yours. And I was like, a blessing. I'm shook. So I'm like, but now I'm in a dilemma because I'm like, I got to leave this, this other job. And to be transparent, the pay kind of equaled out. It was, it was around 70 grand a year. Mm-hmm. So like the pay equaled out. But I'm like, this is a bigger opportunity. Mm-hmm. So let me, let me go take the bigger opportunity. So I'm nervous. I'm pacing back and forth in Disney. Like, yo, how am I going to tell these people this? This is God. Two days later, I still haven't said anything. Mm-hmm. Two days later, we get a company-wide email that Disney, Disney.com and Disney Television are downsizing the advertising department. Mm. Didn't have to say a word. So I'm like, (laughs) and when I tell you one of the saddest and happiest days of my life, because I'm I'm sad for my colleagues, like they are devastated. Mm -hmm. Like people don't have jobs. Like these people have families, kids, like Mm -hmm. they they no longer have jobs. And I'm just like, I'm emotional. I'm like, Mm -hmm. God, why are you looking out for me like this? Mm -hmm. Because like now I have somewhere to go. And somewhere better to go. So they come to have the talk with me. And I was like, guys, I've been meaning to talk to y'all. Like, I've accepted a position over at, at Esquire. I, I'm going to start in like 10 days. They're like, oh, good for you. So I was like, so I left. And I, I, went, I went into Esquire, super blessed. And, um, and yeah, that, that chapter of my life was just up. It, <laughs> it, 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 was, it was turned up. So you get this blessed opportunity. Mm-hmm. You're in there. At this point, did you see yourself staying there? Like, this is my career. I saw myself retiring. I saw myself retiring in advertising. And at the same time, you are doing... Yeah, we're doing the, we're doing the party. We're doing the events. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they're, they're booming. Okay. But I loved what I did for a living. And I could never have said that before. Mm-hmm. Like I loved what I was doing. Even at the other advertising stops, I didn't love it. Mm-hmm. I was good. But Esquire, I loved it because mm-hmm. of the people, because of the type of work we were doing, and just the amount of leadership and responsibility that I had. Mm-hmm. And I was working under a phenomenal leader. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill. Bill was a phenomenal leader. And I, I learned so much there during that time that um yeah i was i was just i was in i was in euphoria at, mm-hmm. at esquire like i i moved i moved from that role into another role within like 9 months i was basically leading strategy nice. for the for the entire for the entire organization like so like i was at the quarterly or like annual meetings they were presenting my work mm-hmm. <laughs> like talking about like stuff that i did and stuff that i created so like it's back to that rock star feeling and like really feeling like not only do I belong, but I can, I can grow here and I can lead here. Mm-hmm. Like there's no, there's no limit to what I'm able to do in this, in this space. And little did I know <laughs> that would end unceremoniously as well. Man. And how did that end? So, um, back to, uh, my situation. Mm-hmm. my legal situation um i had to um i had to take a, a short vacation 